our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are unspeakably thankful that you came to us. Some of us in our workplace, some of us from a neighbor, but there was something spoken, something said that responded to that deep, deep call. And we know if there's a deep, there's a deep to respond. We pray, Father, that that deep that's within each heart will be lifted up to you in faith. You are my Father. You know exactly what I have need of. And you're Jehovah Jireh. You're the God that provides. You've provided something for us, something for me this morning. And we pray that you'll bless this day and all the activities of it. We pray, Father, you will remember each one that has been to the ceremony yesterday. And what a wonderful word we heard and uh, such instruction to the young couple. We pray you'll bless them. Oh God, Brother Nathan, Sister Rachel, in Jesus Christ's name. And now bless us together as we approach your word. Let the Holy Spirit be the director of the meeting, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Nice to see each one of you. And I would like if you would turn in the Bible. I want to, I want to read a few verses out of uh, Revelation 21. <clears throat> and before we read, I will just mention out of the, uh, <clears throat> the message book, which I had asked, if possible, that you might be able to read uh, the future home of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. And incidentally, I'm happy to see each one of you that are here, and some of you may struggle with uh, my terminology or my English language, but we, I just pray that you will, that God will assist you and help you to understand. And, and really I want to say at the very beginning, even our language, our English language, some of you speak Chinese, some of you speak your mother tongue is perhaps French, uh, and there's a difference even in the English language, but we don't have a language to fit this. I don't have a language to fit the heavenly home. The prophet didn't have a language to fit the heavenly home. And so we need to have uh, arrangement within our minds to say, well, there may be words that I don't really understand or the word that you understand for that in the English language. It may not mean that. And so... <clears throat> I just pray that God will give us understanding. And if you have read the message book, well, uh, that would only assist you. But it doesn't give you necessarily a revelation of it. Of it. And that's really what we have to have. Uh, now, the prophet of God, as he was approaching this subject, he took three scriptures. 
He spoke from Second Peter 3. I'm not going to read all of these. Second Peter 3, 1 to 18. And Peter speaks of the process. The process by which things will take place. <clears throat> we know that there had to be some kind of a process for grass to grow and the seasons to take place and the snow and the cold and we're happy we're not in some places uh, this morning. Uh, but, you know, things are different. But there was a process that brought us to where we are. There's a process... You were born in a certain family. You were born in a certain land. It had nothing to do with you. And you realize that. Had nothing to do with you. Some of you were born in a colony. Some of you were born in a, uh, a home that didn't care anything about God. And then you came across it. Something spoke to you and said, well, and, and you became attracted Maybe when you didn't even know what you were attracted to. And uh, I had a son-in-law, and he once said to me, he said, you know, if we knew that we had to go through all this, we may, maybe wouldn't even have started. He said, God kind of deceived us into it <laughs> because we didn't really know what we were getting into. But then we get into this and we have battles and struggles along the ways and say, well, whoa, I never knew this was going to happen. <laughs> well, I know I see you smiling because that's been your story too. <clears throat> but nevertheless, God knew. Nothing surprises him. Exactly where you are and the struggles you have and the battles you have. and the, oh, He knew all of that. So I want to, and then he reads Revelation 21, where we're going to read, 21 verses 1 to 7. And then he reads uh, later on in the, in the message, uh, Isaiah 65, verses 17 to 25. And that is, and, and, and I'll just be perfectly frank and honest with you. I've preached for many years. I've wondered about Isaiah. And I've wondered about, you know, there are certain things. How does a child die when he's, you know, I'll make all things new. And a child dies when he's a hundred years old or something. And I, I understand that. And, and the prophet just answers that in one line. He says, it's the, it's the millennium. He says, Isaiah speaks of the millennium. So <clears throat> Peter speaks of the future home. I'll make all things new and uh, heavens and the earth will pass away. And he said, no, it's, I thought that was strange. That would pass away. And still over here, they'll build houses and they'll live in them and so on and so forth. And everything will pass away. And he says it's a millennium and we're still in time at that, at that time. The millennium is still a period of time. And it's not that it is not, he said, the new heaven and the new earth. And so these are just little things I'm dropping in as we go through. 
So we'll read, please, and then you can have your seats. Revelation 21, starting at verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And we'll come on to that a little later. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city from uh, New Jerusalem, the, the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. We can say amen to that, can't we? I don't care who we are. We've been touched by some pain. We've been touched by something that caused some tears. We've been touched by some sorrow. We've been touched by something of this earth and of this birth. And there's something within us that cries out, Oh God, there's something in me crying out for this new heaven and this new earth. And uh, God knows that. And he sent a message to you. So we want to read on. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. God bless you as you have your seats. I wish to speak to you this morning on this subject, the essence of our heavenly home. Now, perhaps you have not heard the word essence very many times. Actually, the prophet uses it several times. But I want to go into the depths of this. What is the heavenly home and the essence of the heavenly home? And the essence of our home that's down here. The essence of our home. Uh, 
and, and what that word would mean. Now, <clears throat> I have some slides prepared, and I'm going to, going to put the first two up. The Brother Branham says, let's pray again. Lord Jesus, with such a promise and such stern, stern talk as Jesus himself and the apostle has given us concerning the hour we are approaching. Give us, O Lord, of thy direction that we might know how to approach it. We are approaching certain things that we haven't ever approached before, and now we want to know also how we must approach it in the right way because it's coming. We know the scriptures must be fulfilled, and so shall it be. And now, Lord, we ask your mercy uh, again upon us as we study thy word. Be with us and unfold it to us, Lord, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And here's the three phrases concerning the hour we are approaching. You don't know what lies just ahead. But I can tell you, you'll need courage. You'll need wisdom. Uh, you that are parents will need wisdom to bring up your children beyond childhood into teenage years. And, and you'll face things and you'll say, my, I didn't dream I was going to face this. I don't say it's bad. It may, it may be wonderful. It may be good. You may have one, one child you're disappointed in and another one, but you will need wisdom. You'll certainly need wisdom. And I say that as a father, I could tell you experiences, but I won't bother taking the time. Concerning the hour we are approaching, that we might know how to approach it in the right way. And that's very, very important. We can approach you can approach something one way and a neighbor will approach the very same thing in another way and one will be correct and one will be wrong. So you have to know that because it's coming. There are things coming that we didn't expect. And uh, I, I see Brother Levi and Sister Leona uh, <clears throat> I don't know if they expected to have the wedding that they had yesterday. But it's coming. It happened. And now it's over and you can breathe again. Uh, I know. I had three daughters. And actually, two of them got married fairly close together. And the last one got married to... Sir, Mr. Tom Ray. And he caught me at a weak moment after I had just been on the airplane for about 44 hours. And while they were driving by, he said, you know, Joanne and I, blah, 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 would like to get married. And 
and I didn't hardly know my own name. And I wasn't expecting that, but it's coming. And it happened. Our, here's a little, little thing, just common human thing. I had a, a part of the floor right above our bedroom used to squeak. And I, it annoyed me because my father was one that I helped him build and do a little bit of carpenter work and he was always one to put more nails in than were needed. And he'd put, and so I would always grumble at this squeaking and say, why didn't the guys put more nails in there? Why didn't they put some screws in? I have to deal with this squealing and squeaking and squeaking. And then when all the girls were married and gone and the last one was married and gone, I had something happen I didn't expect. The floor didn't squeak. <laughs> and I'd wake up in the morning in the wee hours of the morning, two, three o'clock, and I just thought, you know, the upstairs is empty. Squeak floor, why don't you squeak? <laughs> and the very thing that I despised, I now wanted it to happen. And I wanted the floor to squeak, so Finally, one day I walked up there, and the, and the room's empty, just like this right here. I said, there's no bed, there's no chest of drawers, there's no no furniture, it's all gone. So I, I went to Joanne, I said, uh, <clears throat> I went up to your room, and it's empty. She said, well, it's mine. <laughs> I didn't have an answer for that. I thought, well... Yeah, I guess it's yours. So she she did what she wanted with it. But uh, the, the you know I think that that just stands to reason. We don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, but it's coming. If you live and breathe and have air and all, it's coming. And whatever it is tomorrow, I I happen and it it's my advice to you is to know somebody who does know what's coming. And trust him to prepare you for whatever it is. Now I want to give you, how many believe that a, a prophet knew what was coming? I will use some language today that's strange to you. He preached... This isn't a sermon, but he spoke a message, a message from God to the people. And uh, he called it something that you never call it. You wouldn't call it an invasion of the United States of America. He called it an invasion. And Westinghouse, apparently they took a picture of a girl and this is the picture. It was during World War II. And this picture is called, well, the title of it is We Can Do It. But America was at war. And uh, so a lot of men and husbands and sons were on the battlefield 
They were in the Army or the Air Force. And I know a lot of your lives were touched by that, as mine was, as my wife's was. And uh, we happened to see a documentary a few days ago. My wife and I were sitting watching it. And... uh, It was of the First World War, and her daddy was in the First World War. And it showed all the men, and this was from archives from the government of Canada that had been recently, whether they'd been recently discovered, but at least recently put into a documentary. And it showed the troops in there. And I, I just punched into the Google the Battle of the Somme, S-O-M-M-E, Battle of the Somme. Her daddy spoke of that to us, and so she got out his letters, and he was writing letters in detail of the Battle of the Somme. And he was in the trench, and he said, we've had something to eat, and in a few, uh, uh, an hour or two before that, we'd been watching the troops having something to eat. Before they, before they take their, their first and second wave or third and fourth wave of men and, uh, the opposing armies were completely dug into their trenches and had their uh, machine gun nests and, and the boys just got mowed down. Out of the first wave and we saw where the announcer was saying, now the first wave will leave the trench. Here they'd been down and having their soup and so on. And now the first wave is going. And it was, it was, uh, it wasn't something put on in Hollywood. They showed the boys being mowed down and, and falling on the barbed wire, etc., etc. And out of that first wave, that first troop, two men came back. My wife's daddy and the platoon leader. And her daddy was quite badly wounded with a big shell that fell right nearby. And it it blew a lot of shrapnel into his body and his shoulder and his neck and he was wounded and uh, he had to struggle and find his way back to first aid and then they took him back to London and he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks they never put him in the front lines but he had to and I thank God that he had to come back because he still had my wife in him that's the truth of it but had I expected this kind of a brutality of war, and many of you have seen it. Many of you have been touched by it. Many of you have been affected by it. And because of it, the home didn't have the essence of father. The essence. You know... You don't pay any attention to dad coming home or dad, he earns the money. You don't even know where it comes from. There's food on the table and, but if dad wasn't there, 
the essence of that person. Just a, you know, it's not his correction and not his sternness or anything else, but there's something, and there's something, this was an invasion. The prophet spoke about the invasion of America. And and this now hangs in, uh, is, is part of the National Archives in Washington, D.C. And she has become uh, uh, an icon of the feminist movement. So it wasn't what Westinghouse you know, they they just had it up there for a couple of weeks, and then they took a picture of somebody else and had them up. They weren't trying to promote femininity or empowerment of the woman, but that's what it was used for. Satan got onto it. He took a hold of it. He put it up before the people, and uh, and uh, has has her as the as the the solver of all problems, you know. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, empowered the woman and the wife. When in fact is, their sons and their husbands, or husbands-to-be, were dying on the battlefield, were being slain by the tens of thousands in the Second World War, between 70 and 85 million people, more than the entire double the population of Canada, and you'll have the bottom estimate of people there were from shore to shining, shining shore. And I don't know what it was, and and I know it's going to be silent because you're going to be thinking about things as I have been. I've been very, very deeply affected by the things I'm going to talk about this morning. And um, we never knew how perhaps that started, and the empowerment of ladies and moving them out of their place, taking them, and I'm going to read where their place is, in the kitchen, in the home, and you know what? The world puts that, ah, there she is, there, there, there to have the babies and have children and and I'm going to I'm going to turn that around this morning in one sentence and say that's the most honored place that you can ever be. How many mothers do we have? I'm so thankful to God. I'm not thankful my wife went out and pumped gas or drove a taxi or was a police officer. I'm not thankful over that. I'm thankful that she was a, a mother to my children. And I honor her for that. And I think that's the greatest thing that uh, you young ladies or mothers can have, is be a mother to your children. Amen. 
And so while there were tens of thousands dying in the air and on the sea and uh, on the battlefields that this Rosie the Riveter would be uh, an idol of not nothing against her not not a thing they they accepted to take positions in support of the war effort and that was the most patriotic thing they could do and we certainly don't say anything against that that was the but satan took a hold of it he takes a hold of the necessary things and twists them and pervert. He can't be a creator, but he perverts them. And so there's death happening on the battlefields while Satan himself is invading the home. Are you with me? You understand? So Satan's on both ends. And he's winning a victory. He has an invasion going on. But the people of that nation were too proud or too indoctrinated with their denominations or whatever more to hear the prophet that God was sending them and warning them and telling them what her honored position was. And I can tell you, I don't, I don't belittle anybody. We have very intellectual, don't be carried away with that. Don't be deceived with that. The young lady might be here. She's from, originally from one of the nations of Africa. Incidentally, in the country of the new home, there's no nations, there's no borders, there's no countries. We are, we are citizens of one society. Regardless of our color or our background or where we came from or what lineage we had down through this earth, God gave us that lineage so that we could participate in His will and obey and do His service. And so we have, I want to, I want to dwell on this essence. If you would allow me a little bit of time. Femininity, femininity is considered a set of attributes, behaviors and roles. R-O-L-E-S generally associated with girls and women why I don't know but this is out of Wikipedia I think it was an invasion I said these are my words it was an invasion to steal the highest and best qualities of womanhood and while the boys were giving their lives to win and have an invasion take place. Satan was making an invasion of the home of the young ladies. And this is what I was going to say. 
I had a young lady from Africa visit I and my wife in my office here. And she's beyond a lawyer. She understands, uh, she understands the construction and, and how it should be put together and was asked by the Justice Department to do a whole assessment of the entire lower mainland. That's where she's at. Mentally. I would say that Satan has jumped on that. And she wasn't even able to earn a living. And so I said, and the young ladies here, you can forgive me for using you as an example, but I won't, I won't identify you. But I said, I, I just said in my simplicity, are you working? Well, she said, yeah. I said, what are you doing? Since I stock shelves in a grocery store. That kind of brilliance. So somebody over here is telling her, you are so smart. You are so brilliant. You can go to the moon. Yeah, that's about where they went. To the moon. What do you do for a living? Stock shelves in a grocery store. It's a devil's trap. It's a devil's trap. I'm just telling you with the truth. It's a devil's trap. God is not interested. He's not going to check your fingerprints or check you at the gates of this city called the new heaven and the new earth to see how intelligent you are. But how did you believe? That's the key. How did you believe? How do you believe the word that God sent? Are you just simple enough to believe the word? And the prophet of God in the future home, you've, you've read it, those of you that have read it. He talks about the woman at the well. He says, in fact, she was a prostitute. She had had five husbands, and the one she has now is not her husband. Somebody else's husband, I suppose. I don't know. You wouldn't want her as a neighbor. You probably wouldn't want her in your home. You certainly wouldn't want her to be an example to your daughters or your family. But Jesus traveled and sat on a well and waited for her. And there was a priest, when the priest saw the prophet's sign and saw what he did, the priest called him Beelzebub. Now that's a long distance from Messiah. But when the woman saw him, he said she had a little seed down inside and the only thing she knew I know when the Messiah cometh he'll answer these things friends that's the quality you want to have I know that when the Messiah cometh he'll answer these questions he will set things right 
He will do things. Maybe there's things, yes, in the home or in your environment that are not according to uh, the way they should be. And there's something inside that says it ought to be different. Don't worry. One day it will be different. You just keep your heart in the right place. I know when he is cometh. I know when he come into my life, he did all kinds of things. He rearranged things. He put me on a straight place, on a straight path. He took all the kinks out of it. And to some of you, you may have experienced a much more glorious walk than others. But nevertheless, he's the same. God is the same. I don't know how to emphasize it any more than that. If you'll excuse me, I want to take my time as far as I go. And then when we're done, we'll be done. Anything I say here today is not to downgrade the ladies. Brother Branham even was so plain and so frank. And they, and he, he got a name of being a woman hater. How do you figure that out? When he says next to salvation, the best thing he can give a man is a wife. Next to salvation. I tell you what, young fellows, don't be in too big a hurry. Make sure you get a wife like I have. Next to salvation, or some other fellows have. Next to salvation. Not what she wants to do or what she wants to be, but she wants to serve her husband. She wants to serve God. She wants to be in the house of God. Not what she can achieve. That's a devil's trap. And it's a devil's lie. It's not what you want to achieve. I'll tell you what. If you achieve womanhood, if you achieve motherhood, if God gives you children, you've achieved something that the people who've, women who have gone to Harvard, I've read about eight of them that went through an exclusive man's universities. You may go to college. If you do, just remember, it's going to serve, it's got to serve you. It's got to serve the God that you serve. And if they don't like your God, so be it. And I have nothing to do with them. They don't love my God. They don't care for him. They want to fight this uh, kingdom of the kingdom of God. Then they have no really no allegiance in my heart. Excuse me. In the future home, this will be a blessing to you, I trust. Now he said, now John explains the change and how it comes about. He doesn't explain it, rather, he corrects it, but Peter does. 
So Peter, in Second Peter, he tells how the process, the heavens are on fire, etc. John just said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. First heavens and first earth was passed away. Just hold that, passed away. There was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. What is heaven? Whatever your thought of heaven is, what is heaven without the essence of Father? What is heaven without angels? What is heaven without the redeemed? What is heaven without this host of righteous people, clean, holy people? And I often pray, I pray, I think daily, and I say it from the depths of my heart, Thy kingdom come. The equity and the equality of thy kingdom. Thy righteousness. Bring in the... Not the kind of politics we have. But there's going to be one. And I'm not giving you a pie in the sky. This is what's approaching. This is what's approaching. Teach me to approach it in the right way. That I might participate in it. That I might lead others and affect them and influence them to be part of that. To be part of that economy. We might have just the economy of God, but what's the essence of it? Peace. Where is peace? Where's peace in the home? Where's peace in the hearts of people? Where's peace? Is it in the school or in the universities? Listen, friends, we have a message. Let's be serious about it. Let's be serious in your own heart. You may have to choose your own way. But I say, cast off what the world has glorified. And what the world has magnified. Are you with me? With the rise of womanhood. And this invasion that the prophet of God talks about. You should go back and read. Invasion. Of the United States. The United States is a superpower. We agree with that. Egypt also was a superpower. Egypt was a superpower. And when it went down, it's scarcely remembered in today's, today's world climate and economy. Are you with me? Since when did it rise? But it came in direct head-to-head opposition with the power of God in a man called Moses. Oh, yeah, well, we think he's way back there. No, he's not way back there. 
Jesus said, God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Moses is very much alive. He could come through the door today. And he faced this superpower. One man, one man faced a superpower. But his law was the law of God. His devotion was to God Almighty. And whatever God would say, he'd believe it regardless of what the odds were. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heavens and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. What is a heavenly home without a bride and a groom? We just had one up here yesterday. Last night, last evening, yesterday afternoon. This is what was pondering my heart. What's a home without a bride and a groom, a husband and a wife? You know, a man that I regarded had probably one of the greatest effects on me was my wife's daddy. And I was in business before we got married. Had a service station with eight men working. I was having a bit of a problem with theft. And my father-in-law, who I highly, highly regarded, he said, well, now the thing for you to do is... uh, Ruth will make your supper. You'll drive home. And then she can come to the service station and watch over it while you eat. And then, in other words, we would just switch roles. I didn't know anything about the message. and never heard of it. And I said, well, Dad, I said, I married your daughter, not the service station. And that was a decision I was very glad I took. But when my, later on, my daughters, who are all three here, when you came home, you might think, Dad didn't notice this, but I noticed it. Because I'd lived through it. And when the kids come busting through the door, they'd say, Mom! Why? Because there's an essence. There's an essence of motherhood. If you said, define that. What does that mean when you... Why do you say, Mom? Well, we got something to tell her. That's what's important to them. God knew that before. And you young ladies here that haven't a home yet, when you do, that's 
what God has lifted you up. And I realize there are others that are here that perhaps have not had children. God has a place for you, an honored place. And I think of you, Sister Debbie, your hands have handled of the word of God. And perhaps God has not given you children as such, but has given you many children. God bless you. What your hands have handled of the word of faith. There's people who hear it today who maybe would never ever hear it unless somebody sent it to them. Unless somebody gave it to them. Will you allow me just to go on a few more moments? This I want you to really get. So hang right close. And I'm reading from the future home, but you will not find this in your textbook. At college, at the best university in the world, or some storybook. So you listen. Now if you'd look at what John said, it sounds like, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, annihilated. Then that sounds very strange. So that's what struck me. And I begin to look for the word pass away. But it's clear that both of these apostles and prophets were talking about the same thing. Pass away, the meaning is an act continuing for a time, or it may be of a person to come from one place to another. This world passes away. Why? Because the persons, there are persons there. This act is finished. This act is completed. But there are persons there that are going from this act, they're passing to another one. And it speaks of persons to come from one place to another. And we have a prophet talking about not only a heavenly home, but where uh, for the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. I want to say to this earthly bride, you're headed for another place. And then this is what he goes on from here. All this exists in the heavens. He talks about the atmospheres. The heavens will be on fire. They have to be on fire. They're filled with all kinds of demon spirits and influences that are brought down. I'm so thankful. 
I'm so thankful that this little congregation, that God could put it in our hearts, in your hearts, and that we are faithful to send the prophet's message and his voice into the heavens. I'm just, I, I just thrilled to think we have a voice up there that's casting out devils, yeah. calling for the essence of healing. Says it's hanging over you right now. I want to bring it to you this morning. We serve a living God who's present right here. Whether you feel it or not, your body wasn't meant to feel it, but your heart was meant to believe it. You say, I believe that. God bless you. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Of course you do. Hallelujah. We have nothing else to believe. Our body may not feel it or may even feel something that's not real. We're not here by feelings. We're here by faith. The essence of faith. The essence is I believe it. Why do I believe it? I don't know why I believe it, but I believe it. Ask the woman at the well. I have another lady, another woman in the Bible. And she washed the feet of the Lord Jesus and wiped them with the hairs of her head. And she broke an alabaster box upon him. And the Bible says, and the house was filled with the odors. The odors of the perfume. And uh, some smelled it and said, this could have been sold. This could have been sold for 300 pence, a lot of money. And given to the poor. Sounded like a good idea. It sounded like a very good religious idea. We would do something for humanity. People are interested in that. But the Bible also records that he was not interested in the poor. He didn't have any interest in the poor. He was doing it, but at the, at the odor and, and seeing this woman weep, marry, and washing his feet with her tears. And, but Jesus took up for her and he said this, why trouble you the woman? She has done a good work on me. She didn't know she was doing good work. She was completely taken up emotionally with washing his feet, with her tears of repentance. He said, you've done a good work. Why have you done a good work? He said, because she's anointed me for my burial. That was a shock to her. She didn't know. I didn't do this for his burial. And there was other women, good women, maybe women like yourself, maybe women like Cloverdale Bible Way has. They were all busy and taken up, and and on uh, on uh, for Friday they were making spices because they need to embalm or not embalm, but they need to uh, put it on the body anoint the body of the Lord Jesus. So they came early in the morning 
because they're excellent. They're keepers of the word. They came early, early in the morning on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, to anoint his body with the spices they had prepared. And they were working all day making those spices. Oh, my goodness, all the work making these spices. Save your time. Save your breath. The woman already anointed him for that. And when they came... The stones rolled away. And they go in and he's not there. Did they ever get chastised for making spices? No, they never got chastised. They did what was good to be done apparently, but they never got to complete it. They never got to anoint him because it had already been done by a a woman who didn't know what she was doing. You may do things right here in the service. And you believe things and you don't even know why you believe it. You can't explain it. You know why? Because it's the essence. Who's going to explain the odors? Who's going to explain the smell? Who's going to explain what the motherhood is? Put your jacket on. You're cold. No, I'm not cold. You are cold. That's what mothers do. Eat your food. You're hungry. I'm not hungry. I hate spinach. Eat it. It's good for you. That's what mothers do. And believe it or not, that's what you miss when it's not around anymore. Say, that's what she did. You don't even, you don't say it in your obituary her obituary she made me eat spinach when I didn't want to eat spinach I hated I I didn't want any more food yes you are you're hungry that's what mothers do they know when you're hungry don't they you people all look at me like I'm from Mars or Venus or someplace no that's what mothers do that's the essence of motherhood who's going to write that into a book where do you get that and I can tell you what's supposed to be in the heavenly home will be there do you love purity purity is going to be there holiness is going to be there cleanness is going to be there true justice is going to be there that's what it's all about that's the essence of the heavenly home I won't say that Rosie the Riveter is not there but the essence of her the essence of that oh she's a She's uh, laboring so her husband can go and fight a war. No, 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 no. There'll be no war. And he says, all this exists in the heavens and the atmospheres and the earth, which is now this earth, this earth holds those things. But it wasn't made for that purpose. Oh, what was this earth 
made for. Sin caused it to be like that. It was made by God, the Creator. Oh yeah, well, we say that because the grass is green and cows eat it and give us white milk. We don't know how, but it's just what happens. But listen to the rest. And all of our bodies that we live in now on the earth when God created it. All of your bodies well with all of your I won't talk about you but I'll talk about myself. I have a suit on but I came out of the earth. I didn't have a suit on. I came out of the earth and a seed was sown into my mother's womb. I didn't have that mother very long. Six and a half years and she was gone. She'd never been sick a day in her life. She was 32 She's a little bit younger than my granddaughter that I have here, my eldest granddaughter. This is real, friends. We're not talking about pie in the sky. We're talking about reality. It is coming. We are going to it. Help us to approach it in the right way. And the right way, you say, well, what is the right way? The right way is to believe it. Prepare for it. I'm going there. I am going there. So I won't get caught up in absolutely everything else. Yeah, we have to work. Sure, we have to work. We have to pay our bills. We have to do things. We have to become educated. We have to do it. But let it always serve us and serve our purpose and serve the kingdom that we serve. I'm not preaching for my health. I'm preaching because some of you need to hear it. And you need to do it. The most important thing we have that this church has is we have a message that we believe came from God. We have every reason to believe it came from God. Why do we believe it came from God? Because the supernatural God who does supernatural things was always in attendance with it. I'm one that stands behind this pulpit, but one day I crawled on my hands and knees into a tent with a broken heart. But I hadn't told anybody about my broken heart. I slept in that tent with this friend and the prophet of God. I slept there. My heart was broken. I never had a chance to tell him. Really broken. I'd spent a good part of my life building a church and a big denomination was taking it away and had, you know, 
use the political side and gonna get votes and get the people that I'd pastored, get them to vote it out into their denomination. Listen, friends, I'm not, I don't have to dream up things. These happened. These people are scoundrels. These people, unless they repent, they're going to be destroyed. Not because I say so, but because they are opposing the kingdom of God. And that's why they have all their robes and, you know, righteous things, hold their hands a certain way. Nonsense. We don't have to act like we're somebody that we're not. You don't know it, but my father was a was an altar boy in a Catholic church. God saved him up with early flames of Pentecost, just when it was starting. The Pope, this last week, confessed to the world that priests have had relationships and sexual abuse with nuns for the first time in history. Do you know what? We knew that years ago. But they denied it and would call us like dirty-minded people for even saying such a thing. But it is a fact! And if you're a man or a woman, you'll stand up and say, that's true! And I'll have nothing to do with supporting such a thing. There'll be none of that in the heavenly home. There'll be no such a thing. Isn't it want to be a peaceful bliss to have leaders that you'll never have to worry about? Disciples will be in the heavenly home. The messengers will be in the heavenly home. The redeemed will be in the heavenly home. Lovers of justice and lovers of truth and lovers of the peace of God will be in the heavenly home. You'll never have to worry about a a disappointment or some kind of snide remarks. You'll never have to worry about that. Are you listening? And your body, your body that is sitting here today, you have a prophet said, your body, mommy, where did I come from? Did you ever think of that? Daddy, where am I going? I have a, I have a niece. And her mom and dad used to have prayer. And they would gather on the farm. There was no message. There was no prophet that they knew of. But they knew that they needed to pray. And there was one of the men that was not saved. And so they were very understanding. Would send the little girl away with him for a walk in the evening while they had prayer. 
and he thought he was, they thought they were getting rid of him while they could have prayer. So she's walking innocently, five, six years old. Says, Uncle George, who made the moon? Oh man, here he's faced with it again. He thought he got rid of that. And you know what kids are like? They'll just ask all kinds of questions. And God in such simplicity. Who made the moon? Well, I guess God made the moon. And finally he became a Christian. And finally became a preacher. Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All he knows is that he was changed. He was transformed. It was just before the message came. I don't know what he had. But God has said about you, all of us here, God has said, you were in the earth in another form when he created it. And when he said, let the earth bring forth, he wasn't just thinking about grass and weeds. thinking about people. Some of them are going to be his sons and daughters. Say, come forth. Let the earth bring forth. And he knew one day he would transmit himself to a body that came out of the earth. Jesus Christ. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Isn't it wonderful, friends? Isn't it wonderful? He became us. He came to me when I couldn't come to him. You know, there's a paragraph that's in the Hebrews. I just looked at it in the study. I had to get Michael to come and help me. I said, you know, in this paragraph, Brother Branham actually explains the Big Bang. He doesn't talk about the Big Bang. He talks about everything that science has struggled about for centuries. Way back even before Galileo, I guess. But in this paragraph, he describes it. He said, before there was an earth, before there was the heavens, before there was planets, before there was stars, he says, before there was anything, just nothing. But then he says, there was a, uh, just a fountain. We'll say, we'll call it a fountain. And he said it was the purest love that you can imagine. I explained, that's the Big Bang. It was just a fountain. It was just the purest of love. Why does he say that? Because he doesn't have any language to say it. I've got something here I didn't. I didn't really want to read it, but you'll smile because it's your world. A customer calls a computer store. 
You know, I get texts every once in a while. I get texts, I need an interpreter. What does UR mean? Well, it's your. Of course it's your. <laughs> He's smiling at me. This guy's answer, he answers the store. Super duper computer store. Can I help you? Customer. Yes. I'm setting up an office in my den. And I'm thinking about buying a computer. Salesman. Mac? No, my name is Joe. <laughs> Salesman. Your computer. Customer. I don't own a computer. I want to buy one. Mac? No, he said, I told you my name is Joel. What's the problem? It's the language. The language has changed. Same words, but the just meaning is different. Salesman, what about windows? Customer, why, will it get stuffy in here? He doesn't know, he just got, he wants to set up. Salesman, do you want a computer with windows? Customer, I don't know. What will I see when I look at the windows? Salesman, wallpaper. <laughs> Customer, never mind the windows. I need a computer and software. Salesman, software for Windows? No, on the computer. I need something I can use to write proposals, track expenses, and run my business. What do you have? What about financial bookkeeping? You have anything can track my money with? Salesman, money? Customer, that's right, what do you have? Salesman, money. Customer, I need money to track my money? <laughs> I see you, you've all been there. Salesman, it comes bundled with your computer. What's bundled with my computer? Money. Salesman says, money. Money comes with my computer? Yes, no extra charge. <laughs> Customer, I get a bundle of money with my computer. How much? Salesman, one copy. Isn't it illegal to copy money? Salesman, Microsoft gives us a license to copy money. Customer, they gave you a license to copy money? Salesman, why not? They own it. A few days later, the customer called, says, how do I shut my computer off? He says, press start. 
know what? You might say that that customer was very, very dumb. Very uh, didn't know what was going on. You know why I really debated about even bringing that because I know you'd find it humorous. I find it humorous when we're trying to talk about the heavenly home and we put it down into English language. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. The English language and the prophet and any standing, he's saying, you know, now it's going to mean something to you. He's standing here, and a woman's standing here, a man's standing here, and he says, uh, I'm in two worlds right now. Talk about spinning your head around. And they'll say, how stupid a person. They'll say, explain it to us. I can't. I can't explain it. What are they asking? Explain that other world. Explain the new heaven. Explain the new earth. I don't know, but at least we can take what the word of God says. It will pass away. And I say, thank God it'll pass away. I don't care how, I don't care when, but I am interested in it passing away. Why is it passing away? Because part of the earth that he spoke and says, bring forth, now is here. And we're believing. He's our father. I don't know how he's our father. How do you children know how your father brought you here? And your mother brought you here. It's a mystery of life. But it happened. How do we know it happened? I'm here. I know that it happened. Why did he speak to me? I don't know. But he did speak to me. And I know he spoke to me. I know he said something to me. What did he say? Windows. Do you want windows? How do we know what it is? The only way and what God has given you to know is this. And we are called on to believe it. And the prophet of God comes in simplicity in the unveiling of God. He says, the people, the masses, there's a lot of people here. I hope that God has special grace to you. He'll give you such simplicity, you'll just say, You know what, Brother Ed? I listened this morning. I didn't understand it, but I believed it. There's something in here. There's something that just says, I I just believe that. There's another earth. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. That'll be just, be pure. It'll be holy. And you want to be there. Yes, I do want to be there. And the woman at the well, how was she going to explain? Says, I I met a man today. Oh, yeah, sure. You met a man. You met several others also. No, this was different. Yeah, I know it's different. How's she going to explain it? It was different. And he told me he was the Messiah. Oh, yeah. Come on, tell me something else. You understand, friends? But if this Bible says you'll live forever, you want to believe that. 
if this Bible says, because I live, you shall live also. Say, I don't know about the resurrection, but I believe he raised from the dead. And I believe that kind of life. He says, you shall have a body like his glorious body. I believe that. I believe that. You believe that. Why do you believe it? I don't know why I believe it, but I believe that. I'll just be another moment or two. What is the essence? I want to ask that question. And I want to give it to you. The essence is the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? Well, there was a sound like a wind from heaven. And it filled all the house. Nobody defined. Define it for us. (coughs) What is the Holy Spirit? It's the essence of God. And it filled all the house where they were. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they went out. And every man was speaking in other languages. And the prophet says languages there was people from all countries and they heard these people praising God and speaking of the great works now that would get your attention wouldn't it it caught their attention that's what it was for and they and they were staggering around under they said they're drunk that's the only time You know, I saw my wife once. We were in a little hall having a meeting, and she became drunk on the Holy Ghost. She laughed and became drunk. Is that the only time? Yep, that's the only time. It has to happen twice? No, it doesn't have to happen twice. It happened once, and I knew it was the Holy Ghost. And the bodies that we live in right now was put on the earth. Your body was put on the earth when God created it. Think of it. When he spoke it, he doesn't have to say it, oh, I really meant I wanted sons and daughters. No, it's his whole thought. And when he created it and the earth, when God created it because you're out of the dust of the earth, it was all laid out here when God himself created it. Isn't that marvelous? You were in his thinking. You were in his thinking before you could even think. You were in his thinking. And in him, the great eternal was the thought, which is his attribute. And now sin caused 
all this to happen. Sin could never reach it. God had already spoken it. And what his thought was, whatever his thought was, it wasn't just everything, but his thought was, I'm going to have a family. I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to be a father with the essence of the father. And that'll be the essence, part of the essence of the heavenly home. The essence is a spiritual, divine nature. I have people ask me, and I'm only using this as a personal example, and I'm going to close. But I've had people ask me, what is it like when you were in the same place, when you shook Brother Brennan's hand, what was it like? You're asking me to describe something that I don't have the language for. There's no language. What was it like when you got saved? But you know that you're saved. You know something happened. What could turn you around? What could cause your desires to change completely? Paul, what caused the things that you once loved that you now hate? What caused that? You want him? He never tried to explain that. How can I explain something that I used to love and used to do and I spent my life and I, I wanted to be that? I'm a man. I'm a father. I have a daughter back there. She excelled. She excelled in gymnastics. Excelled in a way that perhaps you wouldn't believe. My wife made a mistake and got to the school over here and it was the wrong night well we could have gone away from there and said oh how how, how wonderful God it happened the wrong night it was just totally supernatural everything good is not necessarily from God and a man man who Obviously, my wife realized that they were there on the wrong night. And there was a a certain class. The girls were going through certain tumbling. And my wife went over to him and said, doesn't even know his name. I said, I'm sorry. You know, I'll, I'll just put the girls in the car and leave. He said, no, 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 just let them. He said, let them just fool around. They can. And when the evening was over, he comes over and he says, who's that little girl? Do you know her? She said, well, yeah, that's my, my daughter. He said, you know, <clears throat> and this man's name was Mr. Hemingway. And he took the Canadian gymnastic team 
to the gold medal at the World Olympics. And he said, I'd like to have her. He said, it's just something. It's just something in the step. He says, you have to be born with it, you know. I'd like to have her. I'll make this short. After a year or two, I can't tell. She, at 10 years old, she goes to Switzerland to the gymnastrata and blah, 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 blah. All this time, it doesn't mean anything to us. You understand, Brother James? It doesn't mean anything. Because that's not the kingdom we're in. We go to church. I far sooner see the Holy Spirit come upon her at 10 years old instead of going. But anyway, we just go along with it. Girls have to have something to do. And now they're... Now it gets serious. Then we get a letter from the from the coach of the Olympic coach in Montreal. Says I'm coming out. I'm going to come out and have two girls, Joanne and one other girl, perform before her for the Olympics. Now it's serious. Now we are serious. Mother? What's a mother supposed to do? Say, oh, isn't this wonderful? The Lord has worked all things out. No, my mother, my wife is heavy of heart. This isn't what we want. And now we're faced with an issue. Here's here's one of your children that are just just going to the sky taking pictures of the newspapers taking pictures down in Boise, Idaho she just came off from gym, from the gymnastrata and they're taking pictures of her doing flips it's in the newspaper I never even kept one sorry Joanne never even kept one she got medals then they took the gold and the silver and the bronze for Western Canada, the gold and silver for British Columbia, this state. But something happened. I won't give you the details. And the father of the other girl accused the coach of something that didn't happen. And he calls me on the phone at night. This is Brother Ed Biscoe. And this man says, he's the father of the other daughter. He says, my, that man did something wrong and I'm going to kill him. I said, well, don't do that. I said, you'll, you'll, you'll go to prison. You, you may hang for that he said no I don't care he says I'm going to kill him tonight and I intercede and I said don't do that whatever you do don't do that and a little later that same night and we had started to pray oh God 
We don't want our daughter to be a gold medalist at the gymnasium, at the World Olympics. That didn't mean nothing to us. World to us is a new heaven and a new earth. Even back then, we didn't have the future home, but we believed in another place. I meant to go to heaven. Whatever that means, I can't describe it, but I, I meant to go there. That's what I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And knock came to our door late at night, and it was the Olympic coach. He said, I'm leaving. I'm resigning. I want to come here tonight to let you know I'm resigning. I will not be Joanne's coach anymore. But I'll, I'll recommend her to a, a club in North Vancouver so she can continue. Well, she never did, and God arranged, made another arrangement so that it wasn't us stepping in her way and stopping the, God knows exactly how to do things. He knows exactly how to do things. Can you say amen for me? I, I'm so thankful. He knows how to do it. And he just took her out of that. And it wasn't me that stopped it. It was her coach that stopped it. And I just thank God for it. So that I could, I said, if, I said to myself, if she's going to have a bitterness against the gospel, says my mother and dad wouldn't let me go. It's because of religion. It's not religion, friends. It's something that's inside of you. It becomes a part of you. You can't, you didn't invite it and you can't get rid of it. I say if you can get rid of it, go ahead. I challenge you. You can't get rid of Gershon Solomon, you remember when Gershon Solomon from Israel was here? His wife said to me, how do you become unchosen? Because they'd suffered so much. Her husband told me she can never get rid of the Holocaust. She can't get rid of it. She can't believe that God. I said, you know what our prophets called the Holocaust? Call it the tender hand of Jehovah and he just looked down that's language he had never heard before I said do you know why he said that because he said God cannot bless Israel outside of the promised land and he said that is right finally even in the simplicity of the common language struck a chord with him still writes and wants to come and be with you people and I don't want you to be on a mailing list so we don't invite we don't invite them for that purpose that's not what it's about and I even said to them I said you know why I said to two of those great Jewish Hebrew leaders I said you know why you like to come to us is because we don't try to convert you. Our prophet talked to us about you. And you will believe your prophets. 
And they are so taken by that. Friends, let me tell you, whatever you do as I close now, you'll not miss. Please do not miss. Be serious. This world, this world is not my home. This world is not my resting place. Oh, come and go with me to my eternal home. That's my message to you today. Come and go with me to my heavenly home. Would you stand, please? Heavenly Father, when I say Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, when the disciples asked you, teach us to pray, you started out by saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we are looking to. This is what our prophet spoke about. This is what any true prophet would speak about. And we seek to preach it in all of its truth, in all of its beauty. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bless these precious people, Lord. Not only my friends, but your sons and daughters. Oh, God, and I pray that you'll give them understanding. May they understand what's been spoken. I believe above all things, I pray for what's in their hearts and in their souls, that you will ignite it, oh, God. And they will determine and resolve it set in their heart. I will serve the Lord. I will serve you, Lord Jesus. I am here not merely to go to church. I'm here as a witness of what you have done and what you are doing. And we are a witness that you have sent this glorious message. And we are here, oh God, to put it on the air, to live it, live in us. Oh God, affect others, we pray. Let our lives affect our neighbors, affect people that have never spoken to us. Oh God, but set something on, set something going within their own hearts. Lord, a desire, ignite a desire that they want to be a real believer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if there's any here, Lord that have not made that determination yet. There comes a time when they want to be serious about these things. Pray you'll bless them as they make that decision in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you play this world? This world is not my home. Do you know that one? Do we have some words for that? 
this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid.